Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Weakness in itself, when it's given to God, can become something great. But weakness, when we, when we walk away from God, can destroy. But, but God's made a way. And so we're going to look at Isaiah 40. Um, we've got lots of scripture here today. And uh, I've got some stories of uh, when I did some, some weak uh, well in my life. Um, one particular area where it really was a, a breakthrough moment for me. But we'll get into this first. So it says in Isaiah 40, verse 12. We'll start there. It says, God's kind of putting some questions out to you. And I love this because he gets us to think. He says, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills in the scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. And he picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. All the wood in Lebanon's forests and all Lebanon's animals would not be enough to make a burnt offering worthy of our God. The nations of the world are worth nothing to him. In his eyes, they count for less than nothing, mere empty. You know, we're like, we got to just, you know, we're looking at the kingdoms of this world and we look at the splendor and we look at the power and we look at... And we get so caught up in all of these things. And like God's like saying, look, these are nothing. They're nothing compared to, compared to heaven. They're nothing compared to vast expanse of the universe that I'm expanding continually. There's, there's so much splendor. There's so much glory. This is like a little, little piece, piece, tiny, tiny, tiny piece. It says here, to whom can you compare God? What image can you find to resemble him? Can he be compared to an idol formed in a mold, overlaid with gold and decorated with silver chains? Or if people are not too poor for that, they might at least choose wood that won't decay and a skilled craftsman to carve an image that won't fall down. Haven't you heard and don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God, the words he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. He's outside of all of this. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root, When he blows on them and they wither, the wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? 
as the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? And I say that to the church. Church, how can we say the Lord does not see our troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. And I love this. He gives power to those who can do it. They've got it in them. They've, you got it. He gives power to the weak. He gives power to those who admit they need it. He gives power to those who re recognize they're powerless in themselves. Compared to an awesome God, you know, sure, I'm strong compared to someone else. We go into a room, all of us can go into a room. We can compare ourselves with people, and I'm stronger than that one, and I'm strong, better than that one. And I'm, I'm, but like, in, in comparison to God, we are all weak. We're all weak. And he gives power to us. He says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. How many have ever you come to a place where you felt powerless? You know, and those, what do we do in those moments? We're going to look at someone who, before they do the operation. They went in and, and then when the doctors came out, they said, um, they said, uh, the doctor's shaking his head, and we're thinking, oh, this isn't good news. And he said, um, he says, this tumor, the type of tumor it is, it splinters, and it goes into the chest and into the head. And he says, this tumor withered and died, and it was like a shriveled up little, and we just plucked it out. They said, and we can't see any trace of it anywhere else. And he said, we'll do tests, and we did all the tests and everything after. We've never found anything ever since, but it, it shriveled and it died. And we went to our family doctor, who is a Jewish man, not a believer, and he said, you guys had a miracle when he read the report. And he doesn't say those types of things. So we had weakness turn to strength, that God would get glory. And God wants to get glory from every weak area. He wants to turn it into strength. He wants to get glory in every one of those situations. Amen? You know, Paul here in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> Paul is... If you look, know Paul in the scriptures, Paul was shipwrecked several times. He was beaten and left dead, stoned. I can't remember. How many times was he stoned? Does anyone know? Shout it out if you know. It was, I think, two or three times. Anyway, more than once, 
So I think being stoned once would be good. I would be enough, but it was more than once. I don't know if it was twice or three times, but, and he was left dead, and there was one point where everyone prayed around him and raised him back to life. So he continually contended with this persecution and this opposition. And this is what he's talking about when he's talking about that in 2 Corinthians 2 here. And so here's another type of weakness that I think it's the weakness that wears on us the most. And it's that, that weakness of, of continually just being, um, it, it, it just comes against you. It undermines everything about you. It under, undermines your credibility. It undermines and challenges anything you stand or anything you say. And it's, it's something that continually uh, eats away at you. And Paul was dealing with this. And you know, he's talking here in, in 2 Corinthians 12 at the beginning of it. First of all, he's talking about things that he's seen. He's seen revelations in heaven. Let's just read it. In 2 Corinthians 12, 1, it says, This boasting will, be, will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell you about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. Only God knows. And yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. So I'm going to know. He had a pretty awesome experience where like, God literally like, either stuck him in heaven or stuck him in something supernaturally that he was able to experience that's incredible. And he says, that experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. And this is what I find a lot of times what's going on. You see this. It's boasting in all of these things that God does. And, um, you know, talking about, like, just I'm taking a bus ride to heaven, and, you know, I'm going to get this heavy revy. And it's just treating it like it's just so flippant. And so just nonchalant. And Paul's like, you know, I could brag about all these things, but I'm not going to. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. You know, a lot of times what we do with different things that we get from God is we, we want to boost our ego and boost our credibility. Come on. Put both hands up here. Anyone honest in the room? It's like we, we need this validation, you know? Even more so now with, the, you know, Facebook and all of this. Like, like, oh, I got... 45 likes, oh my God, 100 likes, you know? And we need all this validation of, of what? Like, like, and Paul's like saying, look, I don't need this. What I, what I need is I need people to see and give me credit for what they see in my life or hear in my message. He says, even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God... So to keep me from becoming proud, because Paul received the revelation of, of 
Christ in us, the hope of glory. Paul was the one that saw what happened. The disciples showed what happened outwardly with the cross. Paul saw that when Christ died, we died with him. When Christ was raised, we were raised with him. He saw the behind the scenes. He got that revelation. If you read Paul's letters, it was Paul that gave the revelation that unlocked the reality of what happened in heaven. Pretty, uh, pretty amazing stuff. But he said here, so to keep me from becoming proud, he says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. <clears throat> Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Sometimes there's things and we're wondering, why isn't this going? Why isn't this going? He says here, and each time he said, my grace is all you need and my power works best when you get yourself better and you get everything restored and you're, you're fine and you know, when you become the best you, you can be. No, my power works best in weakness. Anyone got some weakness here? Anyone got a little bit of weakness going on? Guess what? Those are the places God's power can work the best in your life. The best in your life. Our, 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 so, so he says here, So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. I learned this. Uh, I had a, a, a very good... Um, there's, there's defining moments we have in our lives with some, sometimes with certain truths. And for this truth, I lived it out when I, on my first trip to India. I, I did a missions trip to India. And um, I, I helped out with a, a crusade, an outdoor crusade there. Um, we had 90,000 people show up for this crusade. It was incredible. And 50,000 salvations in this, um, this, this, this meeting. But, um, well, several meetings. But I, I was over there. And this was my first time to India. And I, I want to give the background story because it started in weakness and it continued in weakness. And, but weakness done well. And only for one reason, that I was crying out for God to help it, the whole way through. Well, the first thing that happened was um, I went over by myself. The whole team was going. I couldn't do it. I was pastoring a church. It wasn't working that I could go with the team. So I had to go a day later. So I was going on my own. So never been to India before, and I have to go on my own. That was already pushing it. Then, I, you know, I'm hearing, I, going to a country with malaria. I better take malaria pills. So I decided, okay, I'll try malaria pills. I took the first one, and the next day I had panic attacks every 30 minutes. I would all of a sudden start, and I would have to, and it was like even through the night, it woke me up. And so I'm like, have to fly out the next day, and I'm having panic attacks every 
half an hour. And this is not coming out of my system. And I don't know how long it's going to take to come out of my system. And I'm praying and I'm asking God. So every time I'm having, I'm just, I'm pushing through. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I, I'm, through all the panic attacks, I just would breathe through them and just pray and just ask God to help me. Get on the plane and make it all the way over to India. And then I get to the, the first city and they said, well, you're gonna, supposed to fly out the next day. Uh, you fly into Delhi and then you're going to fly out from Delhi to, uh, to Shandigarh. And um, I get there. I get the hotel late that night. I wake up in the morning to get my plane for the next morning. And the airplanes are on strike. <laughs> and if you know India, they, they would do that. They'll just all of a sudden, it's like, we're going to strike. And it was, you know, it was, that was the day they picked a strike for the airline. So I'm like, I have two options. I have a train, which I already was told, stay away from the train. Or I can get a taxi. And I'm like, I got to meet up with this team. I can't wait for the strike to be over. So I arranged for a taxi, which is going to take me four and a half hours. And... I've never been to India. <laughs> and at this time when I went to India, I've heard it's improved quite a bit. Um, but uh, there was uh, mostly dirt roads. And uh, this, this taxi driver, I must have got the craziest taxi driver. I don't know if they all drive like that, but it was crazy. And I'm like, we're driving and it's just... Uh, lanes and lanes and lanes and we're just flying in and out and just the through and, and, and I'm having panic attacks every third <laughs> all the way through this and I'm like okay and I'm just and you know what in, in those places of weakness when you give them to God they become they become a shelter they become a hiding place it becomes a place where you can be, become stronger I can't explain it. It's just when you give weakness to God, it can turn to strength. And so finally I got there, and I'm like, okay, this is the hotel they gave me. <laughs> I get to the hotel. <laughs> no one's there. There's a team of 23 I'm supposed to meet, and they're not there. No one's there. So, so I'm like, okay, book me a room and we'll figure this out. I go to call out on my phone, which you, you don't, I didn't have, it wasn't cell phones back then. So, um, you know, I had to dial out. I couldn't get through to anyone back in Canada from the team. Then I sent a fax to, including my wife, because I think it was at night and she was sleeping and she didn't wake up. So um, I finally got a fax written up, and I, and I faxed it through. And guess what? My wife gets the fax, and all she gets is the last three lines. <laughs> it was not a very good fax machine. So I'm still waiting, and I'm waiting. So this is what I'm doing. The whole time I'm in the room, because I've got time in a hotel room, right? i got time, and I have the Bible, and I'm praying, and I'm praying in tongues. I'm praying in my heavenly language because the Bible says when you don't know what you ought to do, you don't know how to pray, pray in the Spirit. So I was praying in my heavenly language, and I was connecting directly to God, and it would give me strength, and it would give me what I needed. And then God was showing me things that 
I was going to begin to do with the follow-up team. And he was giving me ideas and things because I'm, I was staying for after the crusade to work with the pastors. And so I'm like, okay, he's showing me these things. And I'm like, okay, how's this all going to play out? I'm thinking, is there even going to be a crusade? No one's here. I don't even know if this thing's happening. I can't get through to anyone. <clears throat> and so finally, the paper comes through the, one, the door the one day. The next day, I can't remember. I think it was two days in the hotel. And the paper comes in, and this crusade, because the, the group we went with, they put it in the, in the newspaper. It was a big, huge event. And they invited everyone. That's how you get thousands of, of people. So I see it on this newspaper, and I take it out to the front desk, and I say, get me a taxi driver and take me to this. I mean, I can't speak whatever they were speaking in that area in India. Don't have a translator, so... I'm just hoping there's somebody that knows a bit of English. And so anyway, they finally, they get me to the, the vehicle, and they get the taxi, and I showed them the newspaper. I said, take me here, whatever this address is. So I get there, and there's the team that I was supposed to meet up. So I meet up with this guy. His name's Krister, and he's like, Greg, what are you doing here? <laughs> he's like, Shocked as I am to see him. I said, well, I thought I'd just come for a coffee. How's it going? Like, <laughs> And so anyway, thank God I hooked up with the team. We got going. But I was still dealing with the panic attacks. But the, the thing you got to recognize, and this is what we do a lot of times, as, as I find in North America, we, we're motivated by what I think, I feel, and what I want. It's, you know, we're, we're soulish. It's the, the mind, the will, and the emotions. I think, I feel, I want. And we deal with this. And we haven't learned to control our soul with our spirit and let our spirit dominate. We, we pet weakness. And, and we allow it. You know, one thing that, that, that shocks me, and everyone thinks, oh, I, they deal with fear, and I, I'm just fearful, and we, we seem to think, oh, that's okay. No, fear is sin. Fear is not trusting God. And yes, we all deal with it. But what are we doing with it? The Bible says fear has to do with torment. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And, and the Bible says the perfect love of God casts out fear. And where fear is, love, God's love hasn't been perfected. So what do we need to do? We need to let God's love into that area. It's an opportunity, again, for weakness to be turned to strength. So we excuse fear. We excuse and we just kind of, we let it go. And it's like, God, we've missed an opportunity for God's power to work the best. Because it works best in the weakness. And so that was what I determined when I was over there. I was like, I don't care. I don't care if my body's freaking out every half an hour. Shut up. Move on. And I would just work through the, and I would pray in the spirit, and I would get the mind of God, get it under control. And so then we do this crusade. We don't know how many are going to show up. Well, 90,000 show up on the last night. 
And so then the, 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 the speaker says, you know what? We've got a follow-up for all of you who've made decisions. There were 50,000 decision cards given out on the three nights and 50,000 decisions for Christ. And I've got about 23 pastors that are there that have been a part of this from the city. And all of a sudden, he's like, and we've got Greg who's going to be doing the follow-up. And I'm thinking, I, I'm supposed to have a team and the next morning, everyone's got their bags packed. And I'm like, uh, so where's the follow-up team? And they're like, uh, it's you. <laughs> okay. So talk about wanting to crawl in a hole. So... This is how weakness can turn to strength. And this, I'm not saying this to brag because this has got nothing to do with me at all. When I gave him that weakness, he was already showing me things in the hotel of what to do. And so I started thinking back on this thing and I thought, okay, it's me. Me and Jesus and God, you're going to supply. God supplied this incredible pastor and him and I went out on his moped, and we went, <laughs> and the first thing we went to is we found the building that we're supposed to be in, and it only holds 2,000 people. So he's like, we can't do this. We can't use this building. We're going to have to find a field. We're going to have to set up. So we had to go out. I've never done any of this. I had, we had to find a whole sound system, stage, whatever, figure it all out in a day. <laughs> Get these flyers out. Tell everyone, like, this is what's happening. So anyway, the first night, 5,000 people showed up. And I, I am like, when I went to walk out onto the stage, I didn't have anything in me. I was so overwhelmed by everything, okay? Like, it's my first follow-up type whatever thingy. I'm working with 23 pastors that, um, you know, they're trusting me. Um, and I've never done this before. But, you know, when I stepped up and I just stepped out, it was like, boom. God gave me the, the wisdom. God gave me the strategy. And he had me bring the pastors forward, and each one shared. Anyway, it ended up being where they stopped looking at me. They started looking at all these pastors. We divided, Shandigar's divided into a grid. It was 11 or 12 sectors. We had each of them hold up their, their number, and we had everyone follow up and connect with each of the pastors. And by the end of the five days, we had most of these people in, because every night they came for a meeting. So we, we dealt with being filled with the Holy Spirit. We prayed for healing. But, but the pastors were doing it. At one point, this, this guy jumps up. He's in his, a, a suit. And he's this, you know, smart-looking guy. And he's acting like a monkey. Jumping around. And, and, and I remember our leader telling us about this monkey god. That it's a demon. And it's a monkey god that they serve. And when it, when it gets cast out, it manifests like that. And this guy's jumping around like a monkey. And I'm trying to speak, and he, and all of a sudden, one of the pastors from behind me jumps off the stage and goes, and casts the thing out of him, and boom, the guy, 
gets set free and comes up and testifies. And it just, God's power was seen. And God did it. And he did it in the midst of weakness. Not everything put together. Not everything. And so many times we're, we're like, well, you know, well, I got to have this and this and this, and this before I do this and do this. Okay. Anyone have kids here? Anyone ready for them? Oh, you thought, oh, I'm, you know, I got to. And I've talked to ones that are ready out the wazoo and, they, and, they, and they'll get the kid and they're like, oh, my goodness, I was not ready for this. There were so many things they were not ready for. Well, welcome to your walk with God. Because God wants to bring us into more people. He wants to bring us into more. And it's going to be in those places when you push yourself on the edge. And, and I believe that God wants us to step out into things that we have not seen before. But it's going to be each of us doing our part and saying, okay, God, I, I want to exchange this weakness. I don't want to hide behind this weakness. I want to exchange. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc. Thank you.